Shalom, Shavua Tov. Welcome to Tanakh study. This is Alex Israel from Alon Shvut. And today we're meant to be starting Parsha Chayi Sarah. But for those of you who have been listening to us, we didn't quite finish Parsha Vayera. I didn't read the last five Pesukim. This wasn't a mistake. This was quite deliberate because today I'd like to open our study of Parsha Chayi Sarah um, by examining the connection between the events at the end of Ayera and the beginning of Chayi Sarah. And today we're going to start by examining the ages of our central characters Yitzchak and Rivka, characters who will follow us throughout Parshat Chayi Sarah. And uh, we're going to deal with the famous Midrashim, which claim that Yitzchak was 37 at the Akedah, and that when Yitzchak was 40, he married a three-year-old, and that Rivka was three-year-old with the story of the camels. And I'm, since this deals with the connections between different parshiot and the opening lines of Chayi Sarah, this is going to be our connection for today. In order to do this, let's let's begin with the opening lines of Chayi Sarah. For you, Chayi Sarah, um, the life of Sarah was Me'ah Shana Be'esrim Shana Be'sheva Shanim, she was 127, Shnei Chayi Sarah. These are the years of Sarah. Vatamat Sarah b'Kiryat Arba, he Chevron b'Eretz Kanan. And Sarah died in Kiryat Arba, that is Chevron, in the land of Canaan. Vayavo Avraham nispod l'Sarah v'Lirkota. Avraham came to eulogize Sarah and to cry for her. Just a couple of words about this Kiryat Arba. Uh, what exactly is this city of the four? Uh, Rashi here, interestingly enough, tells us, gives us a few interpretations of these four. So, for example, he, he, he says possibly it's named after four giants who will live there. Uh, Achiman, Sheshai, Talmai, and their father, based on the story of the Maraglim. Another explanation, Tabaracher, says Rashi, Arba Zugot, there were four couples who were buried in Kirat Arba, and that's why it's called the City of the Four. Um, Adam and Chava, Avram and Sarah, Yitzchak and Rivka, Yaakov and Leah. I have to say, this is a little difficult, because we've never heard that Adam and Chava are buried in Hebron. And this would also maybe then be called the City of the Eight. Uh, also, you have to account for the fact that most of these characters have not yet been buried there, so why would it be called the City of the Four? And I always find it interesting that in um, in our tradition, we have so many different names for Hebron, and Hebron clearly had many, many different identities. Later on in, in, in Sefer Yosha, we find out that Hebron was one of the Levite cities, and in fact it was one of the refuge cities, the Are Miklat. But Hebron at the same time is given to not the Kohanim who run the Ir Miklat or the Levim, but rather the it was given to the tribe of Yehuda. So one second, is it a tribe of Levites? Is it a city of refuge? Is it um belong to Shevet Yehuda? It also has also has many names. Kiryatarba, Hebron. Uh, later uh, earlier on we've heard about in the beginning of Parshat Vayera, Elonei Mamre, Hi Chevron. 
And I've, when you go and you visit Hebron, you realize you stand on uh, Tel Rumeda, you stand on the roof of the building there, and you look over to Keva Machbela. And I've always felt the Kirat Ara probably was four different um, enclaves, four different villages. Um, you know, there's a place in New York called the Five Towns. I always feel that Chevron uh, was called the Four Towns. And probably what happened was those villages were very close to one another, such that the place was called Kiryat Arba, the Four Towns. And eventually they all, uh, as the urban sprawl brought them together, four different areas, which were probably on neighboring hilltops, all came together, and that's what created Kiryat Arba. So, sorry, that's just an aside to explain that uh, particular phrase. But let's let's come back to this story. Sarah dies and Avraham, in Hebron, and Avram comes to mourn for her. Where did Avram come from? They are Avraham mentions he came. Where did he come from? And now let me make, make another comment here um, in order to answer this. Rashi again says, that the story of Sarah's death follows Akedat Yitzchak because what was it that sent her to her death? It was the news that Avram had tried to kill their son. Um, and when the minute she heard about the Akedat, her soul flew out of her Vameta. This is one of the traditions that we have, uh, comes from Seder Olam and other Midrashim, that the Arkeda leads to Sarad's um, demise. But there's something else going on here because the very next story is going to tell us about Avraham, who is uh, realizing that his, uh, he's getting old and his son is getting older and that he has to look for a wife for Yitzchak and therefore they go to Padal Aram, to Aram Naharaim, to the house of Betuel, to look for a wife. And we are probably familiar with the story how Avram's servant finds uh, Rivka by the wellside and her amazing hospitality. Here we come to, again, another famous rabbinic tradition from Seder Olam, that Rivka is in fact three years old when this entire story happens. And I'd like to explain this Midrash by dwelling on this idea of the, of the connection between the Parshiot. Where does this idea that Rivka is three come from? I think it's quite simple. Now we're going to turn to the last Psukim of Parshat Vayera. Avram comes back from the Akeda. Interestingly enough, and this is going to throw a bit of a problem into the works here, but let's read the end of the Akeda, Perak Chafbet, Pasuk Yutet. Vayashav Avram el Na'arav, Avram came back to his assistants at the end of the Akedah. Vayakumu v'yalchu yachdav. And they got up and they went together el Beersheva, to Beersheva, where Avram's been living. Vayeshev Avraham b'Beersheva. And Avram continued living in Beersheva. Vayachareh Avram Eilan, it was after these things. Vayugad l'Avraham limor, hine yelda milka gam hi banim l'rachorachicha. Milka has given, uh, has born children to your brother Nachor, et utzbechorov et buz achiv. Maybe we should count up how many uh, children there are here. Utz number one, buz his brother, kumuel avi aram, kumuel is the third, et kesed four, vet chazor five, vet pildash, 
six vetidlaf seven vetbetuel. So these are eight. So these are the children of Nachor, Avram's brother, and one of them is called Betuel. Now we're going to hear the next generation. Betuel yalad et Rivka. Betuel also gave birth to Rivka. Shmona ele yaldam milkalo Nachor achi Avraham. These eight were born to Milka, to Nachor, Avram's brother. Upilag uma. His concubine, her name is Ruma, gave birth to Tevach, Vet Gacham, Vet Tachash, Vet Macha. Why am I counting these up? Because you'll notice that if there are eight children to Nachor from um, Milka, and another four from Ruma, then we, and one girl, Rivka, then we actually have a family with 12 boys and one girl. And this sounds exceedingly familiar. I'll also add that earlier on, at the end of Lech Lecha, we heard about that uh, that uh, Avram asked about what will happen to Yishmael, and he was told there, "Shneim Asar Nesiim Yolid." Indeed, Yishmael will have twelve children. So Yishmael is meant to have twelve children. We see here that uh, Nachor has twelve sons and a girl, uh, Rivka, and uh, we're obviously going to find out later the way that Yaakov has 12 sons and a girl. So that's just in general. But how is this going to connect to our story? Well, the the way Russian, based on Seder Olam, understands it is the following. Avram comes back from the Arcada and he gets some news right then. And the reason why he gets the news is because Nahor is eager to tell him that he's now had a daughter. He's had a daughter who can marry Avram's son Yitzchak. And according to this, Rivka is born at this point, at the point of the Arcada. But here's something else. According to the what we call Smichut Parshiot, according to the fact that everything is aligned here and one parsha follows the other, um, Sarah dies at exactly this point. That means that Rivka is born when Sarah is 127. This means that um, at this point, of course, if Sarah is 127, Yitzchak is 37, because he was born when Sarah was 90. But this means that Yitzchak at the Arcada is 37 years old, and that Rivka is 3 when they get married, because we're told explicitly at the beginning of chapter 26 that um, in the beginning of Toldot it says that Yitzchak is 40 when he marries Rivka. If Rivka is born right at the time of the Arcada, then she would have to be three years old, three years later, when Yitzchak get married, gets married at 40. Now, why am I dwelling on all of this? I guess I'm dwelling on this because there are several big problems with this theory. Let's start uh, maybe with Rivka herself. And of course, we know that Rivka was the one who offered uh, the camels of uh, Avram's servant um, not only a place to be but she also drew water for all of his camels and he's come with 10 camels now 10 camels drink a huge amount I don't know if a 3 year old has the strength to fill up a jug from a well and uh, bring it to a, a thirsty man and even maybe to fill up a, a, a jug for the man and for a camel, but to actually draw enough water in order for ten 
thirsty camels to be satiated, I wonder whether a three-year-old girl could do that. Moreover, in the story that we're going to see later on, when the negotiations are made for the betrothal of Rivka, eventually they reach the end of it and they decide that she is going to marry Yitzchak. And the question is, uh, the, 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 the mother and the brother suggest that why doesn't Rivka our, our, uh, stay as was the custom that after betrothal you'd wait a year in order before they got married and they say why doesn't she stay a year or ten months and um, they don't know what to do the solution why don't we call the girl and ask her what she thinks if she's three years old, this is very, very strange. Do you really ask a three-year-old for her opinion about who's going to, whether she's going to move a thousand miles to get married? And then, I think uh, something which I have to mention is the concept of a forty-year-old marrying a three-year-old seems very awkward. Even if you claim, as uh, Chazal do, that they were not intimate until she was come of age, I still think the concept of such a large age gap it's very, very strange, and certainly the concept of marrying a three-year-old, somebody as serious as Yitzchak, um, at age 40, why would he want to marry a three-year-old? Uh, the whole the whole thing sounds um, very, 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 very awkward. We all remember the scene, for example, when Rivka first meets Yitzchak, and she alights from the camel, and she seems very self-aware, and I think everything we see in this entire story doesn't and the, all the story of Rivka by the wellside and etc etc doesn't give us an impression that we're dealing with a three-year-old. Similarly with the Arcada, does it make sense that Yitzchak is three years old, is, sorry is 37 years old at the Arcada? We, we, it's interesting that the Quran has a, a reading of the Arcada. There the Arcada doesn't happen to Yitzchak, it happens to Yishmael. But there in the in the Quran, Ishmael, in other words, the, the the child who's going to be sacrificed, is a very active part of the narrative. Because of course, if Yitzchak was thirty seven, how would he sound so innocent in the story? We all remember the scene in which he turns around to his father and says, We have the fire and we have the wood. Where is the animal? And Avram says, God will show us the animal. Don't you think Yitzchak would be more aware? Moreover, if Yitzchak was indeed a, an adult of 37 years old, when Avram would have tied it down, don't you think this would, the end of the Arcade wouldn't just talk about a test for Avram and Avram's credit, but also talk about Yitzchak's credit? Because Yitzchak would have to be absolutely complicit. It wouldn't just be Avram's act, it would certainly be Yitzchak's act. At age 37, he almost certainly would be able to overpower his father much younger than him and more vigorous and therefore how does this work and here i'm going to quote the ibn ezra where he says this our sages say that Yitzchak was 37 years old at the time of the arcada and he says if this is an authentic tradition if this is the masoret then we accept it but if the rabbis came out with this from a logical standpoint, from inference, it can't be correct. He says, why? 
and I'll read, carry on reading in English, he says, because then it would have been fitting that the Torah make Yitzchak's righteousness explicit. And in fact, he says, his reward would have to be double that of his father because he would be giving over himself willingly to be slaughtered. Says the Ibn Ezra, nothing is mentioned in the verses about Yitzchak's credit. Ibn Ezra then says, other people say that Yitzchak must have been five years old, and Ibn Ezra rejects that too, and he says, look, he carries the firewood, so he, and there must have been quite a bit of firewood, so he must be of a reasonable age. And he says the likely thing is that Yitzchak was around 13 years old. He was 13 years old. His father overpowered him and tied him up against his will. And the proof is that his father hid the secret from him and he said, God will show us where the sacrifice will be. Because if he would have said to him, says the Ibn Ezra, you are the sacrifice, Isaac would have probably run away. So according to, the, the amazing thing is that uh, in order to sustain Rashi's reading, that Yitzchak is 37 and that Rifka is 3, you have to do the following. You want to connect the Akeda to the news of Rifka's birth, to the marriage of Yitzchak and Rifka when Yitzchak is 40. And then you're going to say, well, clearly Yitzchak was 37 when Sarah died, but, Yit but the Sarah died as a result of the Akeda, and therefore um, he was 37, Rifka was born at that time, she must be three when they get married. However, the Ibn Ezra has just undone one of the, the connections here. And he says, there's no way that Yitzchak was 37, or if it's certainly up to our reading of the verses, Yitzchak is not 37 at the Akedah, he's much younger than that. He must be around 12 or 13. And in that case, Sarah does not die when she hears the Akedah. The Akedah happens some if he's 13, and she dies when he's 37. We're talking about a gap of 24 years. Now the Ramban goes in this direction too, because he says, where does Avram go to at the end of the Akedah? To Be'er Sheva. In fact, there's a line there, Vayeshev Avraham Be'er Sheva. Avraham lived in Be'er Sheva. But, where does Sarah die? Sarah dies in Hebron. In which case, <laughs> why would she not be living with Avraham? Now, you can say it says that Avraham comes to Lisbod Lisarabivkota, and Rashi is going to say he comes from the Akedah, but the Ramban has a very different reading, and he says, where does he come from? Avram is, of course, a shepherd. He comes from out in the fields. Maybe he's out for a few days with his sheep, as shepherds frequently do in this part of the world. And so she says like this. Uh, so the Ramban says like this. The Ramban says, indeed, also agrees with Ibn Ezra. The Arkadah happens when Avram is still living in Be'er Sheva. Avram goes back to Be'er Sheva, and... Some years later, they hear that Rivka's born. Again, remember, that could be, first of all, she could have been born 10 years earlier. And if you're saying that they finished the Akedah when Yitzchak is 13, then that means easily, let's say they heard five years later that Rivka is born. That means that Rivka, that means that at that point, uh, let's say Yitzchak is 18 years old. His mother's only going to die when he's 37. That means that Tzarifka would be 22 when she got married, a very reasonable age. So the minute that you separate out 
the Akedah from the death of uh, the Akeda from the death of Sarah, suddenly all sorts of options open up and the playing field is really open. Again, in analysing this, I want to make clear things which cannot be debated. You can't debate that Sarah dies at age 127. You can't debate that Yitzchak is 37 when Sarah dies because that's obvious, she gives birth to him at age 90, she dies at 127. Yitzchak is definitely 37 years old when Sarah dies. You cannot debate that Yitzchak gets married at age 40, because it's explicit in the Torah, if you want the reference, Perek Chaf Hey Pasuk Chaf, chapter 25, verse 20, Yitzchak is 40 when he gets married. But what can we debate? What we can debate is whether the Akedah is connected to uh, Sarah's death. What we can debate is whether Rivka was born just before Sarah's death. And once we unravel that, then we realize the Akedah happened much earlier or that Rivka is born much earlier than Sarah's death. And that allows her to be 12 or 22 or, or much earlier, um, bo uh, much of a much older age when she marries Yitzchak and have a much more normal relationship between the two ages. I'd like to though just finish off this topic by asking ourselves why we might want to say that Rivka is three. Why would we come up with such a strange understanding that Yitzchak at age 40 marries a three-year-old? Some have suggested because this is indeed what happened in ancient societies where frequently older men married much younger women. Uh, I haven't done the research and I'm not quite sure how true that is. But even so, um, you know, it's not, I, I think we need to read Chumash and try and understand it from its internal text. I can think of one place where we might want to suggest that Rivka really is very young at the time in which she gets married. And that's when she makes her way from Aram Naharayim all the way back to Eretz Yisrael in order to meet Yitzchak, she goes with Avram's servant, but who she take with her? It says, chapter 24, verse 59, They sent Rivka, their sister, and her nurse, her wet nurse, uh, together with Avram's slave, why does she have a wet nurse? Now, of course, if you want to say she's only three, then you'll say she needs some sort of babysitter. However, I think we can probably imagine that in the ancient world, especially in well-healed families, there was maybe a wet nurse who had looked after Rivka when she was young, but remained her lady-in-waiting for several years. Hence, uh, maybe her whole life she had this woman as a confidant and as a personal maid. And if that's true, then I think we solve that problem quite easily. But I'd like to suggest something else as well. You know, whenever you say somebody is three years old, you're talking about um, the way they are uh, at a very, very young age before they've had a chance to change. We're talking about inborn characteristics. And therefore, as we're going to get to chapter 24, we're going to see Rivka and her phenomenal hospitality as she offers uh, Evid Avraham and his ten camels, the water, and uh, she offers them a place to sleep for the night. 
Uh, if you want to argue that Rivka is uh, an older girl, she's 12 at the time, she's 22 at the time, she's 32 at the time, which I think you can, any of those options, then you're going to say that this is a product of a sort of adult personality. But if, as the Midrash suggests, that she's three, what we're really saying is that the core of her personality, the deepest thing in her personality, almost that which is innate to her personality, is her chesed, is her hospitality. And this would make her a wonderful, wonderful match for the house of, of Avraham and a perfect uh, partner for Yitzchak Avinu. And therefore, I think some of the attraction of the, um, of the approach which offers Rivka as being three when she gets married is that, first of all, she's untainted by the atmosphere of Aram Naharayim, which Chazal see as idolatrous and duplicitous, tricking and all sorts of other things. She leaves them when she's only three and she's not touched by their culture. But what is her personality is an almost innate, inbuilt sense of chesed, of hospitality. And that would be a wonderful, wonderful beginning for one of the Imahot, for Yitzchak's uh, life partner. As I, as I say, uh, I have all sorts of reasons why I prefer to go not in this Midrashic direction, but I thought it was worthwhile since we're going to be encountering the characters of Yitzchak and Rivka throughout Parshat Chaye Sarah to already engage in this question of how old Yitzchak was at the Arkeda. I'm going to follow, or I have followed, the Ibn Ezra who says he was probably about 13, and how old was Rivka when she got married? I would certainly contend not three, but I've tried to give you the tools to understand where Chazal are coming from in this reading and what might be the advantages as well as the disadvantages of their reading. Please God, next time we'll spend our time studying Perek Haf Gimel, the chapter which deals with the purchase of the Cave of Machpelah. Have a great day.